Hello, hello. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have Ashton Smith on here. Hey. Hi, I'm so pumped to be here. I'm so pumped to be here. And your background and your office is so cute. I mean, you can't see us now, but she's got this really nice like gold lamp and the nice chair. Love your setup. (laughs) Thank you. It's so funny because this is actually uh, a corner in our bedroom because yeah, my husband, he took our office. We're in the process of moving and we will have our own offices, but you know, we make it work. We figure it out. (laughs) You make it work. And I'm currently now in a temporary office space because we are moving as well. And my Airbnb doesn't have Wi-Fi, So here we are. I feel you the struggle of running a business (laughs) and moving at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Um, for those that don't know, like tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah. So as you mentioned, my name is Ashton Smith. So I call myself a soulful business coach and I help women embody their role as CEO of their business. So I like to think of my coaching style as this intersection between soul and strategy. So Mm -hmm. I am that girl that's like all about intuitively building a sustainable business that feels good. But I'm also that girl that's about grit and hard work. I love Mm -hmm. spreadsheets. I love numbers. Um, I love having a very clear, like strategic focus acting as the driving force in the business, my business, my client's business. Um, and generally I serve the, you know, extremely visionary woman, Mm. um, the person that has like all the creative ideas, like all at once, and they really need help, like reining them in, um, Mm. you know, structuring organization, uh, and really again, bringing that strategic approach to the business. Um, so that's like who I am, what I love to do, who I serve a little bit about my background. I'll just take it back. We'll go back to college. Let's go back. (laughs) Let's go back in time. If anyone got that line from the parent trap, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Love that movie. I know. So good. Um, so I went to college for business, but I went for business primarily because I'm, I come from an entrepreneurial family and I was very much that person that was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had friends Mm -hmm. that wanted to be, you know, nurses or hairdressers or, uh, you know, even lawyers, something very specific. And I was like, you know, again, I'm that blend of, creative, but also strategic because my mom is very artistic and my dad's very entrepreneurial. And so for me, it it was always this journey of like trying to figure out how to mesh the two of those things. And so in college, I felt like I just felt like a fish out of water. Like I didn't fit in because a lot of people in college were going more for that like corporate approach. And that Mm -hmm. was never really what I wanted. So um, all that to say, went to college for business, graduated, still had no idea what I wanted to do. I started a, an um, office job, just a basic like office assistant job. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for a couple of years. And what I would do in my spare time was like scroll through blogs. And it was mostly like fashion bloggers at the time. And I was very much in this mindset of like, just kind of like victim mindset. I'm just going to call myself out very like Mm -hmm. unhappy and like wanting more. And I was always raised to know, like we can have the more that we want, but I was very like, just intimidated and insecure. And so one day I was scrolling through this blog and I had this moment epiphany where I was just like, why can't I have this? Or why can't I have the online business? Like why, if she can have this, then 
then why can't I, you know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. this moment that clicked. And so my first like step into the online business world was actually blogging. And, um, I very much so started out in business as this girl that said she was in business, but was more so like a hobbyist. And mm-hmm. I know we'll get much more into this, but that's why I'm so passionate about CEO embodiment, you know, like owning who you are as a leader and, and actively choosing to lead, lead your business forward, prioritizing self-trust. There's a lot that goes with that, but really making that shift from someone that is a hobbyist to someone that's actually focused on, fo- focused on mm-hmm. leading a business forward, creating impact, creating cash flow. Um, and it took a while, but we got here. But you're here. And I love that you mentioned bringing the soul into your business as well. Because even from my side of the table, too, like, I mean, I'm like, what is your Enneagram, by the way? I'm so curious. Three. Oh, you're a three. I'm a one. Um, I don't know if you notice you have like similarities with the people that you work with. I always work with threes and sevens. Do you Mm. notice that about your clients, too? I. Oh, don't hit me for this, but I'm not as familiar with the Enneagram. So okay. Check it out. It's so interesting um, because you mentioned that you work with a lot of visionaries. And I notice even for myself, I always work with threes and sevens. I don't know why, but I I love that you mentioned like bringing the soul into businesses because like, I'm a very like, you know, came from corporate type A, like structure, spreadsheets, all the things, but starting my own business, like that mindset piece, that soulful piece that you're talking about was something that I almost like had to learn. And it's something that like, you know, intuitively, you know, but it's almost like when you come from that background, you kind of like shut it off. Like this is business. This is how you run a business. So I'd love to know from you, you know, what does it actually mean to embody your, you know, CEO embodiment? How does one start the process? Um, because you mentioned a really good point of like going from hobbyist solopreneur to truly stepping into that CEO role. So what does that actually look like? Yeah. So I feel like this could be a conversation that would go on for days, but Really, uh, to me, CEO embodiment looks like actively, intuitively, and uniquely leading your business forward. And so that Mm -hmm. encompasses a lot. And so kind of circling back to my story and my journey, it was for me that process of transitioning from hobbyist to what does it really mean to like lead a business? And Mm -hmm. this resulted in two things. So before, before I transitioned into acting as a leader and a CEO in my business, two areas I struggled with, and I'm going to bring these up because I see a lot of other people in the online space. A lot of the visionary women that I work with struggle with these things too. So first and foremost is, uh, scattered energy and focus, because Mm, again, like we have all of these ideas, right. And it's kind of like shiny object syndrome, especially in the online space. I think it's very like tempting to look at what everyone and their mother is doing what everyone and their mother is saying. And it actually Mm -hmm. gets us to this point where we're in analysis paralysis. We're actually confused about what we want to do. And we're trying to do like 10 to 20 things at one time, which then means that we're not going deep in any specific area. And Mm -hmm. so I was very much so that person because I had all these fun ideas, right? But I was doing all these things at once and I was never really going deep with one thing, which then showed in the results and the lack of results in my business. So that's, that's one thing that I struggled with prior. Another thing was, um, self-trust. So I think, again, this is very, uh, it's very common in the online space to look at what everyone else is doing. Cause we have that access to 
people's, you know, kind of like highlight reel. And so I think a lot of times it becomes easy to, instead of going inward, look to everyone else. And I think this, there's a difference between, you know, um, hiring or outsourcing or even taking a course on something that you want to learn and grow in. There's a difference between that and then throwing all of your intuition, all of your, what makes you unique out the window for the sake of, I'm going to do business the way that this person does business. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, a huge part of my journey in regards to CEO embodiment, it was really prioritizing, finding that clear focus, right? I think as business owners, as CEOs, we ha- we wear all the hats at first. Like you wear all the hats, you have to do all of th- the things. And so it's like, how are we prioritizing and finding that clarity? So we are able to go deep in our business with what we're working on. And then also, again, from that more soulful perspective is how are we building like self-trust as a CEO? And how are we making sure that we're having that blend of learning and growing and, and absorbing other information, but also going inward and taking that time to be introspective and assess how does this feel in my business right now? Or how do I feel, or how do I feel about, you know, my relationship with my clients or, or what approach do I want to bring to the table for this launch or this new program? And so for me, it was those two like primary areas. And I think at the core of it, CEO embodiment really comes back to the topic again of leadership, but also a huge one, ownership, ownership of the business, ownership of your Mm -hmm. goals. I love that you mentioned that. And you mentioned too about like the external, almost like validation too, of looking outwards to see like, is this how I run my business? And I think we've all been there before where you look at, whereas you look at other people on the space. And again, like going back to what you mentioned about the shiny, you know, object syndrome and like, should I be doing this? Should I be buying this? Um, I'm just curious to hear from you, like when you've gone through that, cause I feel like it can be like a spiral too, when you go through that, that, um, you know, period in your business and it can happen multiple times. How do you handle the situation when you start to feel that way, or you start to like second guess or doubt the decisions that you're making? How do you handle that? Mm -hmm. I think like at the core of that, it's taking a step back. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to like slow down enough to have the awareness that you are like not operating in alignment or you are second guessing, Mm -hmm. or you are looking to other places. And I think especially for me, I'm super ambitious. I'm a go-getter. I'm like, I will work all hours. I love to be productive. I'm, I'm super ambitious. And so it's easy for people like me to get like stuck in the cycle of hustling because you're just going oh and going gosh, and yes. going. Mm-hmm. And I think too, in the online space, it's easy to do that because you're seeing all these different things and you're like, well, she just did this. And then she just did that. And I need to do this, but it's, it's really like practicing, like slowing down and awareness and um, this is where, uh, a, a small practice that really changed the game for my business is like CEO time, which is literally time where you take a step away, turn on airplane mode, you get a notebook out or a document, whatever you prefer. And you look and look at and assess the business. You can do this, um, from a perspective of how do I feel about my business right now? Mm-hmm. Um, am I feeling in alignment? Am I feeling stressed or overwhelmed? And then you can also do it from that strategic perspective of simply looking at your numbers, what's working, what's not working. And I know that sounds like literally so like simple, stupid, but there's so many people that don't do that. We don't slow down enough to actually assess those things, which is so important. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Like it's like the awareness and stepping back to really get that awareness that you are looking for that external validation. Okay. I'd love to shift gears a little bit here and kind of lean into more of the strategy piece, right? Um, so what are some of like systems and strategies that you suggest other entrepreneurs um, should be looking into when they're looking to become a leader? Any or even just like embodying their, you know, CEO, right? Like any specific things, any books, any tools? Yeah. So I love this conversation so much because uh, to kind of backtrack for a moment, when I was thinking about 2021, that's when we're recording this, I was very much so like trying to find my word for the year and my focus for the year. And it all came down to um, this, this concept of, I just want more, but I knew that in order to access the more, I had to grow in my leadership. And mm, so yes. my, my kind of like mantra for the year is embody, but particularly in the perspective of that, that leadership position. And so I love this conversation. I think the first thing I want to say here is to be able to, you know, lead others well. Uh, we have to lead ourselves well, which is like totally not the conversation that I feel like a lot of people want to have. Um, but personal development is like so crucial for growth in the business. I know for me, like if I think about where I was two years ago, wanting to be exactly where I am today, if I would have, you know, overnight woke up and accessed all of these things, I never would have had the strength and the resilience to sustain my success. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about leadership, it does come back to learning to lead mm -hmm. yourself first. Um, you know, learning how to lead your business and pour into yourself. And for me, a lot of times that does um, come with, with books and reading and learning. And then also further than that, actually applying the concepts that you, you're reading, right? I think it's easy to be like, I'm going to read 50 books this year, but actually applying the things that you're reading, something that I'm reading right now that I actually brought with me in case I want to quote it, um, is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John mm -hmm. Maxwell. He also has another great book called Leadership. But I am just so obsessed with, with growth and with understanding, you know, how have these great leaders gotten to where they are. And so I think the first step to that is hunger for growth and hunger for learning from others so that you can personally grow and develop as a person. I Love think that. another thing that's really important um, is knowing that to lead well, we also have to have boundaries. So I feel like this is kind of a little bit of a different take on the question, but for me, this has been um, you know, setting up structures and boundaries in my business to protect my energy so that I can lead well. Because I think, mm -hmm. again, as the person that is ambitious, it's really easy to get to the point where I'm overworked, I'm exhausted, and I have nothing left to give. And that's not where we want to be as a leader. Exactly. So um, a micro thing that's actually been big for me um, is something called AB Weeks. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Where you're flipping on and off between different tasks or? Yes. Yeah. And so the way that I like to do that is I, um, so I have one-on-one -on -one clientele 
I also have a membership. I have other things going on in the background, but I have a lot of clients, which requires meetings. And so the way that I've scheduled it is I have a week where I'm on, I have meetings, I have interviews, all the things where I have to pour out because I also know about myself that I am more introverted. And so for me to always have to be in meetings, and I know this isn't feasible for everyone, right? But the point is figuring out like, how do you operate? Um, Mm -hmm. and, And what structures can you set up in your business so that you actually feel good and you can actually show up and deliver. For me, that has been huge because that boundary not only serves me, but it does serve my clients because whenever we actually meet, I have the energy. I've had the space to reset and to not only work on my business, but also make sure I'm bringing fresh insight to the table for their business too. Mm, I love that. I do something similar where I have my CEO week. So one week out of the month where I don't take client calls, um, more specifically, and it's really just a, a space to be flowy, right. And to think of new creative ideas. And if I, I don't have the pressure that if I want to kind of slow down a little bit that week, I can slow down that week. So I've done something similar, but I've done one full week out of the, out of the month that I do that. It's my third week. Um, and I always look forward to it too, because like the best creative ideas come during that downtime, you know, it's like, that's like your sacred space. I think it's so easy. Like in business, the initial desire is like, I want to get busy. <laughs> um, but I it's kind of like, right. <laughs> it, it's kind of like it, it comes back to this concept that like the dream that you have, like once you actually access it and you get there, it never like looks and feels the exact same way that you thought, right? Because you are mentally in a different space. And mm-hmm. so I used to always like want to be busy, and being busy is a great problem to have. You have interest and you have demand, and the business is growing. But it's also very much like how do we still maintain space for? us, like not only as human beings, of course, Mm -hmm. but also, um, as the person that is required to lead the business forward. Right. So that we're not just staying in the same place. Yes. I love that. I love that. So kind of shifting gears here a little bit in, into teams and whatnot. And I I love this kind of subject around CEO embodiment and like cultivating leadership with their teams. Do you have any recommendations, even like if you do have a team, if you don't have a team, you're preparing to have a team. um, What are some ways that you can cultivate that or anything, any like recommendations that you have when it comes to team leadership? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, again, like this kind of goes without saying, but I have to say it, it, it comes back to, um, creating an atmosphere of personal growth within Mm -hmm. your team. Right. Because I think that obviously a lot of that starts with ourself, right. Um, personally growing ourselves and personally leading ourselves. But I also love the, the thought of creating a, a safe space within your team for personal growth. And I mean, that can look so many different ways, right? Um, that can be reading books, uh, like as a team. Um, I know too, for me, like I will meet with my team members and we assess logistically how things are going, right? But we also do have these conversations of personal growth and development. And I'm so passionate too about pouring into my team members. And I think it depends too on the nature of your team, right? I think for me, I had a unique situation because, um, my, I I actually had the dream for years to be able to give my sister a full-time position when she graduated college and she is graduating this spring. So she's kind of been working part-time for a while. And so in a situation like that, 
I, that's like my jam because not only does she bring her skill set to the table, but I have this opportunity as a leader. It's a, a relationship and a space where I can come to the table and really like empower her and see her grow and facilitate some of that pour into her. But I think that that's really cool. Creating an atmosphere in whatever way you mm-hmm. can for personal growth. Um, I love that. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Similar to you. I, I hold one-on-one meetings with my team outside of our team calls, um, where, and they're quick, like 15 minutes, like, Hey, what's going on? What support do you need from me? How can I help you? Who are you waiting for things on that you just need support with? And that, that way they have like that safe place to share feedback with me, um, give me insights and in what, to what's going on. So I love that you mentioned like pouring into your team and that can look like so many different ways, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think, I think like for me, I'm growing in this passion to like develop other leaders, whether they, you know, are just in my audience or they're on my team. But I think that, um, this comes down to even a conversation around like legacy, which is something that's been super cool for me to think about thinking future casting, like way ahead for the business. And in order for your business to be able to to live on and on, it, it really does come back to developing leaders and, and facilitating that, that space where they're growing to. I love this topic. I feel like we can talk about this all day. Um, but I'd love to, and I always ask this question every single time I do this podcast, because this is the reason why I started it to begin with. Um, and for that reason, you mentioned earlier about social media being a shiny object and, um, shiny real, if that makes sense. So, um, I'd love to know, you know, in your journey of building your business, like everyone's gone through you know, struggles and challenges, um, that you don't see on social media. So is there one in specific that you think really has attributed to your success now? Mm, I love this question. I am like, if anyone is connected to me on social, you know, like I love uh, disrupting the patterns and sharing all of the crazy stories behind the scenes Mm -hmm. things that happen as entrepreneurs. And for me, one of the stories that come to mind um, that was most pivotal and also most painful Mm -hmm. um, was when I invested $20,000 into um, an ads and uh, funnels expert to kind of scale my membership. And I uh, didn't make any of the investment back. So it was like, I just threw all the money away. And the reason I share the story is not to blame this person or, uh, you know, kind of like step into that role of victim, but Mm -hmm. to say that I would go back and I would actually do this again and again, because what had happened was um, I was in a space in my business where I, I was so desperate for growth, but essentially um, in retrospection, I realized that I, I was looking for someone else to fix my business. I was looking for someone else to lead my business. And that's why I'm so passionate about ownership because it was when I took ownership after that investment, which I didn't have that money. So that, that money was all debt. Uh, so after that investment, which just poor decision, it just shows how much I've grown. But, um, after that is whenever I, it was like do or die. It was like, I told my husband, Mm -hmm. if I don't figure this out in the next like five months, I'm literally going to go get a job and I'm going to have to figure it out. Um, and within five months time, I was able to go from at this point in time, my business was literally making like $0 to $200 a month in profit. I went from that to growing my business to a, a thriving five figure business in five months with the shift 
of owning my role as CEO and be like, I'm doing this. I'm owning it. I'm leading my business forward. I'm prioritizing and I'm trusting myself. It was like mm-hmm. this simple shift that changed everything, but that pain did come before it. And I think it goes to show that the moments that are tough, they always have the opportunity to serve us and, and yes. propel us forward. There's always a learning lesson. Like we've all been there with those investments and and things like that, where either it wasn't what you thought it was or um, whatever it is, you didn't get the best results, whatever it is. But I always like to flip the narrative too, that that was a learning lesson for you. And you wouldn't be where you are now if that didn't happen, you know? So I love that you mentioned that. You are amazing. I, I need to, you need to come back on the podcast. I just love your energy, love your vibe. How can people connect with you? learn from you. Thank you so much. This is so fun. So the best place to connect with me would be I'm on Instagram all the time. My handles at uh, Ashton Long Smith. And then my website is awakeningmembership.com. I would love to connect. Amazing. I will link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me.